what do we do? When you have somebody who walks into your office, they're two co-parents, they want the best for their kids. What are some things that you start by encouraging them to do? One of the things that I try to do first is to help them sit down and just start having a difficult conversation, Hmm. which is your child will have to give up one parent to be with the other parent. Mm-hmm. How can we make that as easy as possible? And part of that is taking care of yourself so that your child doesn't have to take care of you. Welcome to Ask Alice, a podcast that explores the issues and challenges teenagers face on a daily basis. Hosted by Alice Chernock, a licensed professional counselor in Birmingham, Alabama. Ask Alice is part of the Rooted family of podcasts, which also includes the Rooted Conference podcast, the Rooted Parent podcast, the Rooted Youth Ministry podcast, and Thanos to Theos. Rooted is a ministry that is focused on advancing grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated youth ministry. To learn more, visit rootedministry.com. Here's your host, Alice Chernock. Good morning, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Ask Alice. Y'all, I know, I know, it's that time of year again. We are officially in go time. We are staring down the barrel of Christmas. And I know for some of my friends, they have had their decorations up since like Halloween, which no judgment. Okay, maybe a little bit of judgment because that's kind of cray. But... I got to say, for some of the other people this season, I know that even looking at their old decorations can be really, really tough, all right? We know that there are some out there that don't really even want to pull out the old decorations because it reminds them of some really, really hard memories. So for my listeners out there who are going through a divorce or are already divorced or having some kind of major life change, y'all, this is the episode for you. All right. Now, listen, I called in a massive favor to the premier expert on divorce and co-parenting, the incredible Sarah Hadgraft. Now, Sarah is an LPC, a licensed professional counselor. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's the executive director of Sparrow Counseling. And if that's not enough, she is specifically trained, y'all, in divorce and family mediation, as well as a certified parenting coordinator, which means that she's kind of a rock star. And she is so incredible, has such a wealth of information that I really wanted just to kind of bring her in and pick her brain for those who are dealing with divorce over the holidays. How can we how can we help our kids? What are some things that parents can do in order to help the holidays go a little bit better? So, Sarah, thank you so much for coming in today. You are so welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Well, you're such a rock star and I really do know how busy you are, so I'm very grateful for just the time that you're going to spend with us today because I think that you have so much to offer families. And I think that there are, there's a lot of misconception and a lot of hurt that can, that can go on when divorce happens. And we do know, you know, both of us are therapists. We both know that there are some ways that we really can actually make it better 
it's not ever going to be wonderful because it's broken and that that's that's true and that's hard and i think we can acknowledge that but there are definitely things that we can do to help the situation so mm-hmm. tell me a little bit can you can you help us kind of get into a little bit of your story and how you got into this yeah sure of course um i uh was let's see i got married um, in 1998 and then in 2012, uh, had, a, went through my own divorce at that time. We had three daughters. I was a stay at home mom, um, for a number of years before that, uh, when I got married, I was a high school teacher, which I loved. Um, when I started going through the divorce, um, I realized that I needed to work, but I didn't want to go back to teaching. Um, and I had daughters at home. And I'd always been interested in counseling. And so I decided to take a few classes while I was there. I studied children of divorce because selfishly I was going through my own and I wanted to help see how to help my children through it. Isn't it funny the things that we'll do as moms, you know, like anything that, that, you know, that I know you and I have talked about my neurofeedback practice too, Mm -hmm. but all of my neurofeedback stuff came out of the desire to help our kids, my kids, yeah. you know? So I think as a mom, that's the, probably the biggest driver for any, any change or motivator in our lives, especially Absolutely. professionally. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So every presentation, every paper was about children of divorce. And mm-hmm. what came out of that was realizing that mental, that families of divorce are underserved by mental health professionals. And part of that is because they scare us, I think, in graduate school about having to testify and go into court. Yeah. And also that if, if parents can talk, kids do better. What Mm. we know over 60 years of research says that parental conflict is the most hurtful thing for children of divorce. Wow. So it became my passion to see if I can help parents make the transition as easily um, as possible, which it's not easy. I've been no. through the transition. So right. I understand the transition. So I can often look at my co-parents and say, I get this. There's nobody harder on the planet than your co-parent that can trigger yep. you from zero to a hundred. Yep. But hey, can uh, I stop you real quick too? Because I think, I think you really, you hit on something good and I want to add to that. You talked about how underserved the, the divorce and the children and the the population is, but I want to add on there that you're a strong believer too. Mm -hmm. And so I really think that we also need to emphasize that a lot of times I don't think the church knows how to help divorced families. And so I just want to, for our listeners out there, I just want yeah. to make sure that it's clear that you're a strong Christian. You, you know, that, you know, divorce is hard and we can acknowledge that, but this probably was also a catalyst. And I wonder too, for you, if part of your encouragement to go into that was also just from a Christian standpoint, how to help other believers too, you know? Yeah. I'm so glad you said that Alice, um, because I think what I, what I've realized in my work is that people that go through, um, divorce and my own personal experience in the church is I agree that churches do not know how to walk through the walk, these families through this. And the problem with that is, is oftentimes one parent ends up losing their faith. Mm. And the problem with that is, is then we have a child watching 
my parent go through something difficult and not lean on their faith, but walk away from it. Wow. So if we have a community that, or professionals or other people that are saying, Hey, I hate that you're going through this. Um, I know it, you know, I didn't want to get a divorce, but it is part of my story and I want to walk you through it and love you through it. That can be so powerful because I'm always thinking, especially the older I get now, I'm 51. I'm always thinking about the next generation. <laughs> so the next generation, what am I giving to what the, what's the legacy I'm leaving to my grandchildren and to my children? Yeah. 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 Gosh, that's so good. And that's really interesting. It, it's interesting to think about to just. I don't know, as, as somebody who is not divorced, but a part of the church, how I personally can help and better serve a divorced population or or a family going through something like that. So good. That's a great side note. Yeah. (laughs) Now I want us to come back to actually, what do we do? You know? So are there some specific things like when you have somebody who walks into your office, there are two Mm co-parents they want to, they're, they're like-minded. They want the best for their kids. What are some things that you start by encouraging them to do? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, some of my, my referrals are from the church. So, because they, they are low conflict and they want to try to sit down and work this out and come up with a equitable, you know, sharing of parenting time. Um, I, I think one of the things that I try to do first is to help them sit down and just start having a difficult conversation, mm. which is, you know, that difficult conversation of your child will have to give up one parent to be with the other parent. Mm-hmm. How can we make that as easy as possible? And part of that is taking care of yourself um, in that process so that your child doesn't have to take care of you. I think oh, that's, gosh, what, that's huge. It's yes. huge because that's what I've learned after um, working in this with this population is that kids are so smart. They're so smart. They are watching body language. They are yeah. watching text messages yep. and emails and overhearing conversations. They know exactly how you guys feel about oh my each gosh. other. Well, and they can come back into our offices you know, yep. I work with teenagers and kids. They can yep. come back to my office and recite an entire phone conversation that mom or dad had that they didn't know that the kid was listening to. So you're absolutely right. right. They are so much more in tuned to what's going on than we want to, to think or believe. Right. And when parents aren't taking care of themselves, then what happens is, is it lends itself for the child to begin to take care of them. Hmm. And the way I think kids try to take care of parents is to say, well, mom, I know you don't like dad, so I don't either. Yeah. So yeah, going to dad's house was terrible, mom. He's terrible. Uh Instead of mom saying, hey, that's your dad and he loves you. And I know he wants relationship with you. The way a parental love is different than a spousal love. My relationship with your dad is totally different. You get to have your own relationship. That frees the child up then to be able to take care of themselves and not to be forced in the middle where they have to take care of them. Yeah. Or they're, and they're not having to pick sides. I know. You know, I mean, I truly think that that's one of the hardest things that I hear. They say without saying in my office, kids are saying without saying is that they feel like if I love dad, then I'm betraying mom. 
Yes. Or if I love mom, I'm betraying dad. And therefore I'm stuck to, to, to choose one or the other. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to bounce back and forth. And a lot of it, I just think it creates so many complex dynamics for that child. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree with you, freeing them up to love the other parent, mm-hmm. no matter how the, the, uh, the co-parent feels about it. Yeah. One of the questions that I'll often get is how do we answer the why question about divorce? Hmm. And my, what I recommend is that parents say, Hey, it's my, I'm going to share my perspective and your dad will share their perspective. And each of those will be really different. And they'll put you in a position to be a judge. And we don't want you to be a judge. Plus kids are very black and white in their thinking. So we want to just say, you know, we're going to hold some of that back and just let you have the relationship you have with your parents. But as a Christian, I'll say there's mystery, there's Mm -hmm. mystery in faith. And because there's mystery, we can't have all the answers and kids don't need to have all the answers. They shouldn't, they should, they should be comfortable learning how to live in some of that mystery. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so good. And again, I think that's a conversation that's not being had. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to start by parents taking care of themselves Yep. and, and doing their own work. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. how does, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you and I mm-hmm. are both like, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. Hey there, I'm Anna Mead Harris, and along with Rooted's chairman, Cameron Cole, I host the Rooted Parent Podcast. We feature conversations that equip parents to understand the teenagers they love and to build a grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated family. We're often joined by seasoned parenting experts who provide invaluable practical advice. Voices such as Jasmine and Philip Holmes, Paul David Tripp, Tish Harrison-Warren, and John and Susan Yates. You can find the Rooted Parent Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts or by visiting rootedministry.com. I hope you'll give us a listen, but for now, back to our show from the Rooted Family of Podcasts. All right, so how does that look in the context of a, of a holiday season in a parent's home? How can we specifically say, in my home, we're going to have these certain holiday traditions or these memories, but in another home, it's okay to have new ones or different ones or help us navigate that, that realm. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to come up with new traditions and, and I think one of the powerful things we have as parents is the power to narrate. Hmm. So we can narrate the traditions over the years Um, of remember when we did this and that was so fun. And we did that as a family. I think one of the greatest things we can give our kids, especially kids of divorce is positive memories. Even when the, when the parents were married Hmm. and how funny daddy was or how funny mommy was. Hmm. So I think though, as you're moving through this transition to see if you can come up with some of your own traditions with your kids. And, Mm. and you, if you think back to your own holiday memories as a child, they're not gifts, it smells, it's tastes, it's activities and it's relationships. Wow. Those are the things that matter. So I think as divorced parents, our finances are now cut in half and we think, oh my gosh, we've got to get the big gift because now we're kind of in competition for the other parent. 
but to remember that that's not what kids remember. They don't remember that stuff. Okay. Okay. You kind of opened a can of worms with that one. And I want to ask you about that specifically, because one of the, another of the main things that I hear in my office is kids knowing that parents are sort of competing against each other for the biggest gift or the best presence and that kind of thing. Would you mind speaking to that a little bit? What do you think is behind that? How can parents, what do we do with that? Oh, well, I mean, I think that, well, I think you do your own work, first of all, because what is that model for kids in terms of, um, I think it, what it models for kids is just, you know, materialism is what makes us happy, mm-hmm. but it, it, I will say I've been through this. I definitely have been in target and mom, can I get this? And I have definitely bought out of divorce guilt. Yeah. I have definitely done that. So that, so, that is a, a valid, that's a real yes, thing. Divorce guilt. Yes. Divorce guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're in target line, you're like, okay, put it in. Yeah. And it, do, it does become harder, I think, to tell your kids no. And I think that's, you know, having a really strong community around you that's married and divorced. I like to have a lot of people speaking into my life that I trust. I wouldn't say, you know what, Alice, the older I get, this, this, that circle shrinks. I wouldn't say I have a lot of people, but I have some cherished friends that challenge me, love me, love my girls and, and are willing to challenge if there's something going on where they're like, Hey, uh -uh, you're, you're out. That's it. That doesn't make sense. Uh -uh. What are you doing? Yeah. Good. All right. So you would say divorce guilt is probably one of the biggest motivators to out gift the other parent. Um, Mm -hmm. do you just think that there's a general there that parents can feel that sense of competition in order to just beat out the other parent? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, okay. So I'm glad, I'm glad you pushed a little bit farther there because I think what, what ends up happening in your own work is learning how to release the power that the other person has over you Hmm. because Um, and going through this, I am now at a place where if my girls get something really great from their dad, I'm like, that's awesome. Mm. I don't feel any level of competition. I'm truly happy for them, Mm. but that took a lot of my own work to get to the place where there was no, he didn't have any more power over me in terms of competition or anything. It it truly became about the children. Mm. Alice, I don't think people realize though, that takes years. That takes years of working it out with the Lord, with your friends, your, your therapist to get to the place where the person that you had children with, that you had sex with, that you were the most intimate person on the planet. Now that relationship is over. Like untying those binds is just, it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it absolutely does. But I think that knowing that it's not good for the kids, I mean, again, I just think it puts kids in such an uncomfortable position. And I think it puts, it gives children a sense of power, this, this power struggle of, mm-hmm. well, if mom's not going to do it, I'm just going to go ask dad, you know, yeah. and it pits yep. parents up against each other and neither of them are healthy. It's not healthy for a child to, to be put in that position of, you know, feeling like they have control 
over, yes. over what happened. Yes. And if okay. parents are talking, then that can't happen. If parents so, are like, please go ask your dad, cause I've already talked to him about it. And he's going to say, no, now we've pulled the power out of the kids. Yes. Okay. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. So on the front end, what are some things we can do specifically? Like if you do have a co-parent, are there things on the front end prior to the holidays that we can do in order to help things get smoother? For instance, when it comes to the gift thing, do we agree upon a certain amount of money that we're both going to spend? Or do we agree on, I'm going to buy this and you're going to buy that? Or like, what are some things that parents can do on the front end to help kids have a smoother holiday season? Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, there could be some parents out there that say, let's only spend $600 on our kit. Yeah. But then I think that there are situations where one parent is making more money and wants to spend more money on the kid. Yeah. And I think the kid wants that too. So yeah. I can, I can understand that. I think it's, it's a conversation of what do we want our kids to take away from the holidays? Like mm. what, like, I think it's having a larger conversation of what's really important here as a family. It doesn't matter what a piece of paper says that you're divorced. Mm-hmm. You'll always be a family. Yeah. What are the memories that we want to leave our kids about the holidays? Yeah. And, and remember, even if your co-parent has a different, won't even have that conversation with you or has a different idea of the holidays, which a lot, a lot of us have different ideas. We grew up in different households. We're different. It doesn't mean that you can't still instill in your kids, your own cherished memories and your own things that you want to instill in them. Kids will walk away and they will start to realize the kind of parents they have Mm. and that they'll figure it out. Yeah. I agree with that. I I tell parents all the time there, you don't have to, you know, if there is one parent who is X, Y, or Z more angry or more, you know, manipulative or whatever, the other parent doesn't have to point that out. Kids are not dumb, you know, and they are going to come to those conclusions. But the more I think that we, as, as a co-parent start talking ill of the other parent, it only backfires every time it backfires. And there's no reason for you to speak ill of the other parent to the child. Yeah, absolutely. You're have that relationship, work out your own stuff. But when it comes to your kids, don't ever go there because it it really is going to hurt you. All right. What about this? So I'm thinking of um, the schedules of like holiday schedule, you know, there's a lot of transition time and, you know, I know divorce decrees typically will say, okay, you have somebody on Christmas Eve until this point, And then, you know, that kind of thing. How do you work that out? It, does it have to be by the divorce decree? Um, for some families that are high conflict, absolutely. Okay. Um, for other families that are low conflict, my hope is that always it's um, child centered. Hmm. and what's best for the child. So there may be some divorce decrees that say, okay, little Johnny gets picked up at 1 PM on Christmas day. Well, little Johnny just opened up all his toys and he's loving being in his pajamas and playing with his toys. So those parents that can say, Hey, I can do Christmas the next day, or I can do Christmas the next weekend. It doesn't Hmm. have to be on the 25th. The rigidity is I think what really hurts holidays is a rigid sense of it has to be 
on this day. Yes, 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 yes. I totally agree. But let me say this, um, that I think the rigidity can also come around extended family. So um, trying to help the extended family walk through this process, because I think kids need extended family. They, Mm -hmm. especially in this process, they need to know that they're not just the identities of their parents, but Mm -hmm. they have identities that go beyond their parents. They belong to a bigger story of grandma and grandpa and aunt and uncle. And so helping extended families not be so rigid either so that kids can enjoy those, that sense of belonging and identity outside of their parents, I think is huge. Mm -hmm. Well, that, and I think it gives them the sense that they're not missing out, you know, like it takes Mm -hmm. the FOMO away from a kid. And so that they, the child themselves can be present, truly present in both arenas, you know? And, and I think that that in itself is huge for a kid because I, I think that the holidays they have their own interpretation of what a holiday is. And so if they're always watching the clock or feeling like, well, I wish I were at my cousin's because everybody Mm -hmm. else is over there, you know, they're not ever really going to be able to enjoy what's happening in the moment, which is the point of the holidays. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. All right. So I know that you talk about creating memories and not chaos. All right. (laughs) How, how do we do that? You know, like, Mm. would you, do you start by kind of asking kids on the front end, like, what are the things that make the holidays holidays for you? Mm -hmm. Or how do you do that? Yeah. I think when you, I think when you have that larger conversation with your co-parent, you also have it with your kids. Hey, Mm. what are some things that we really did that you enjoyed? What do you love to do on, on Christmas? What do you love to do before Christmas? And I'm telling you, it is watch elf. It is, <laughs> you know, frost cookies and they're going to like frost 10 cookies and you're going to be left for the rest of the cookies to do. I mean, yep. it's like, it's, it's really simple things, but showing up and, and marking those moments I think are so important because that's that power of narration of, Hey, remember when we used to watch elf? Remember when we did that? Remember when we did that? And that helps kids remember the positive stuff that they had in their childhood that we all work mm-hmm. as moms so hard to give them. Isn't that true? Yeah. Golly, you're so right. And that just because they're in a divorce situation that doesn't have to go away. Right. That's a really powerful, I hope that that's a really comforting for, for all the parents out there who are going through divorce. I hope that you're comforted by hearing that statement, you know, that just because the family dynamic looks different, it doesn't mean that the memories and the, the enjoyment and the, the sense of well-being that doesn't go away. Right. You know, and there's, there's gotta be some comfort in that. Yeah. Mm. I I think though, the kids, part of that is going to be doing your own work um, in being able to manage your own level of chaos internally, Mm. you know, leaning on the Lord and your own faith to get through that because you are modeling for your children how to walk through something difficult. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that you have to stick your nose down and be like, I'm going to, you know, be stoic here. And right. I mean, there were plenty of times my girls and I sat on the couch and cried and they asked, why did God let this happen? Mm. And I remember a very clear conversation. I was crying with them and I said, I don't know, girls. I can't answer that question because I'm not God, but I can tell you one thing. He's good. 
I'm going to choose to believe he's good. And I'm going to hold on to that one thread because if I don't hold on to that thread, then all the other threads fall. So that's the one I'm going to choose to hold on to. Oh, I love that. Gosh, I feel like that's my mantra. We don't understand. It's hard. It hurts no matter what you're going through in life. But the truth and the foundation that we can come back to is that God is good mm-hmm. and he is only going to do good because mm-hmm. that's his character and that's his nature. I love that girl. Uh, yeah. All right. Now I'm going to ask you about something because I know that you have been known to recommend something that's a little bit could be unorthodox. Okay. All right. All right. You ready? Yep. I know that you will recommend or encourage parents to actually buy a gift mm. for the co-parent. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> like that is such a, that's crazy girl. Like yeah. people just don't do that, you know? Yeah. So yeah. talk to us about that. How did that come about? And what's the reasoning behind that? What does that look like? Let's go. I think the reasoning behind that is, is like kids, it's for the children. It's huh. not you're buying a gift for your co-parent. It is you are taking your child to Target or to wherever to pick out a gift for their, their parent. Mm-hmm. And um, it's to help kids understand how to give and not just receive. Mm-hmm. It's, it is respecting the position of mother or father of my child. And I think the, the biggest time to give a gift is Father's Day or Mother's Day. Oh, wow. Huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, cause that's the time when all of a sudden who else is going to recognize, I mean, kids will come home, you know, maybe with a card, but th- little kids, they can't get to the store by themselves. Yeah. So I think, and it's, it doesn't have to be extravagant. It's just, mm-hmm. it can be a card and some candy, but just something to say, Hey, we recognize you and we got this for you. And it's the practice of giving for children. Yeah. I love that. And, and I love the idea of not expecting a, a gift in return mm-hmm. too, you know? And so I think too, there has to, there cannot be strings attached right. to that idea of, you know, well, I gave your father, we gave your father something. Did y'all not get me anything? You know, right. that kind of thing. And I think that in our own hurt, wounded place, it's really easy to go into that, that deep mm-hmm. darkness and that in itself is going to put kids back in this position of like, uh, mm, sorry, yeah. you know, yep. where yep. they're taking care of you and not you taking care of you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, just thinking about parents um, and holidays, I just think it's important for parents. And I would love to get your thoughts on this. There's going to be a time when a divorced parent is going to be alone. Mm-hmm. The fact is that's just going to happen. And so what are some ways that divorced parents can truly take care of themselves on holidays Mm. in those seasons of being alone? Do Mm -hmm. you recommend other friends or, you know, scheduling activities or things like that? Like help, help divorced parents plan ahead. Okay. So, um, I guess when I, so I'm an extrovert and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, extroverts, as I understand it during stress will turn introverted. And yep. introverts will turn extroverted. Yep. So um, I I think you really just have to listen to your body and listen to the Lord. I think there are times that just chilling in your pajamas and Netflix is called for, and you don't have to have an agenda. And then I think there are some other times that you need to 
um, put your jeans on and go to your girlfriend's house and just hang out and be around people. Um, I think taking care of yourself can look really different. I know when I was, when I was in the trenches of really going through my first Christmas, it just felt like I was walking in mud. Every step Mm. felt exhausting. It wasn't what I wanted. I wanted to go back. And all I could remember was years past and Mm. how they were and how happy they were. And now I'm walking into so much uncertainty and not at all what I wanted. Mm. I can tell you now it's 10 years. It's been 10 years this year. Mm. Um, All that God has done. I would not be talking to you right now Mm. if that wasn't the case, if I didn't go through that pain. Yeah. There's, there's so many things that God has done along the way, um, in this journey for me that while you can't see it, he's at work. There's so much comfort in that. And I think parenting out of that place is a very different parenting style than parenting out of that fear and that anger and that kind of thing. And I think that those, you're right. Those are very natural, normal reactions and emotions that, that we have to work through, but there's a very big difference in settling in those and sitting in those versus feeling them, recognizing it, putting a boundary around it, setting it back on the shelf and then coming back to it when we need to. I think that that's true for all kinds of grief, whether it's, you know, loss of a parent or loss of a grandparent or whatever, we've got to acknowledge the pain. Yes. Recognize that this is not right. This Mm -hmm. hurts. Yeah. And yet it doesn't have to be all consuming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I can remember one time I was, uh, we were eating dinner and we, when we were family, we would eat in the kitchen, but after the divorce, I switched to eating in the dining room because it was just too painful to eat in the kitchen. And Mm -hmm. so one night, um, the girls and I were eating and they were taking the dishes to the, um, the sink. And I just started crying. I just, I was crying and they start moving a little faster and trying to clean a little harder. And then one of them had the courage to say, mom, are you okay? And I said, Hey, I'm going to be okay. I've had a hard Mm -hmm. day, but I'm going to be okay. But I Mm -hmm. definitely wanted them to see grief because this was painful. This was not only painful for me, but I knew it was painful for them. So I did not want to walk through the journey without showing them that this was hard and a painful thing. I just didn't stay there. I tried not to stay there, Alice. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I think too, the difference is that you, you don't put, you, it's not up to them to fix it. Right. You know, because I think I see so many kids who feel like if they can just make straight A's or if they mm. can do X, Y, or Z, then mom and dad are going to be happy and it's going to be okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And so really letting them see that you are adult enough to take care of yourself. I feel yes. like that's kind of been the theme that we keep coming back to in this. Yeah. Yeah. But the, just the importance of that. Mm-hmm. All right. You've touched on this and I, I just want to kind of wrap up on this, but okay. we talk to our kids. I mean, for, for my kids in particular, our word is resilient, resilient, mm-hmm. resilient. That's the word that I say to my kids all the time, you know, when the baseball game is not going well, or when they don't make whatever activity they really wanted to, we come back to that word resilient. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that a little bit when it comes to holidays and divorce and things like that? How can we encourage our kids to be resilient through this? Mm. Um, 
I think it's, well, I think it's realizing separating yourself from your child that they are on their own path and their own journey. Mm. So there may be times that you feel really good and really happy. And you notice that they're alone in their room and they don't need you to go and like talk to them for 20 minutes about the divorce. They just need you to lay next to them and watch a movie mm. and not talk or yeah. maybe just listen. Yeah. Um, but then I think that for some kids, divorce is relief. And at times they may feel relief, not yeah. the whole time, but there may be times that they feel relief and, and to let that be their journey. So I would say like allowing children to have their own path and giving them the freedom to walk it and to kind of walk alongside them and to guide them, but to say, we're different, we have different paths and it's okay mm-hmm. that you don't feel Mm-hmm. I had one time I had clients tell their girls and they thought it was going to be so sad. And the girls started getting very excited about new bedroom furniture. Huh. Yeah. And they were like, we had no idea this is what it was going to be like. Now, I think that's kids can be some kids initial, you know, feelings, right. but as right. it starts to play out and they understand, of course, they go through a different grief process. And it's so yeah. it's just realizing that 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 grief for kids, I think is a long time. I totally agree. And, and, and I think when it comes to the holiday seasons, helping kids recognize that this is a season, just like the Christmas season Mm. is a season. The divorce season is a season Mm -hmm. and there is going to be birth and life and growth and and things like seasons change. Yeah. And so whatever season we're in, that's the nature of, of the Christian life that, you know, we're always going to be in, in a various season Mm -hmm. and we can embrace and boldly walk into each one of those seasons, knowing that the Lord has pre-planned and and ordained all of those seasons Mm. for us. And that we don't have to be scared of those. We don't have to resist them. We don't have to, you know, run away from them or try to escape with all of the different activities and going to see the lights and watching all the movies and da, 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 because I think a lot of times parents just try to escape the pain. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that part of resilience is learning to lean into that, whether it's mm-hmm. for ourselves or for our kids too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Escaping through busyness or other things doesn't model for our kids how to deal with difficult feelings because that's yeah. the resilience piece is you feel something difficult. What do you do? Yep. How are you going to cope? Yep. Coping yep. skills. Yep. You know? And I think the hardest thing as parents is you're like, you can't do that for them. No. And I think them. that, you know, I've said a million times, the principal at an elementary school said to me years ago, a mom is only as happy as her saddest child. Mm. And that is so that always stuck with me. A mom is only as happy as her saddest child. And mm. if, if as moms, we see our kids struggling, it's, we're not mm-hmm. going to be happy because, you know, our, our child is sad, you yeah. know, and yeah. yet it's not our job to fix it. Mm-hmm. That's where the Lord comes in. And that's where we have to encourage our kids to rely on him to yes. be their savior and to be their comfort and to be their strength throughout all of these seasons, no matter what the season is. Right. Absolutely. Which means you got to have your own strong faith that you trust he's good enough to rely on. So true. So Mm -hmm. true. Sarah, thank you so much. I have absolutely loved our time and our conversation together. And 
I really want to just encourage listeners, if you need somebody to talk to, Sarah is your girl. Um, <laughs> go to sparrowcounseling.com. And this she is, This is not paid. She's not paying me to, to say all of this. But truly, this is somebody who understands both personally and professionally how to how to walk through this and has been been exactly where you are and can truly uh, give so much guidance to to speak to this situation. So Thanks. thank you so much. You're for being so welcome. Here. You're so welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Good. Well, uh, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. We hope that you enjoy this this season. Um, find your find your strength, but keep your focus on on Jesus Christ and and He being the reason that we are are celebrating this. Not the gift, not the busyness, um, but the birth of our Savior and our Lord. Mm. Y'all, thank you so much for joining me. Please come back for another episode of Ask Alice. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Ask Alice with Alice Chernock. If you found this podcast helpful or encouraging, we'd appreciate your help in bringing this grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated content to others who might also benefit. Help us serve others by sharing this resource on social media, by leaving five-star feedback, or simply by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more grace-filled, gospel-centered, Bible-saturated resources, be sure to visit www.rootedministry.com. As always, special thanks to High Street Hymns for the music on this podcast. This podcast is made available to you by the Rooted Ministry for educational purposes only, not to provide specific therapeutic advice. The views expressed are the personal perspectives of the author and do not represent the views of all counselors or of the counseling profession. This podcast does not create a counselor-client relationship and should not be used as a substitute for competent therapeutic counsel from a licensed professional in your state.